0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Rise Above It, the official podcast of the Rise business community, where we talk about goals, failures, success, and how to navigate the pursuit of dreams. Here I'm with your host, Jeff Noth. Hey, hey. And myself, Stu Campbell. Thank you for joining us. Our next guest is Julian Hayes, author of Body Architect and founder of The Art of Fitness and Life, a coaching and consulting company with the aim of helping entrepreneurs catapult their businesses by reimagining their health and fitness. With a master's in biomedical sciences as well as a bachelor's in marketing and international business, Julian aims to marry science and business—or rather, shed light on the already
1: existing connection. Julian, thank you for joining us. Man, thank you. That sounded awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys. Man, of course, like, of course. I'm, I I might have to steal that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on my website. Bye, so <laughs> folks, I please, please do. <laughs> I thanks, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate that.
2: Of course. Let's, uh, let's jump right in here. Um, as we record this, the nation, the world's entrepreneurs are hurting. And not just those who've been laid off or lost their businesses. Without giving away your secrets, how can someone with an entrepreneurial spirit begin to be reanimated, to kind of quicken the force within them that might be currently hiding or scared?
1: Yeah, so, man, you know, I had this conversation with my mom. So, unfortunately, a few weeks ago, I, I lost my dad. And, um, but the good thing, but the thing about my dad was that he had 20 plus surgeries and he still had a smile on his face and he still wanted to joke. Yeah. And the reason, the reason, the reason why I want to share that is that in no matter the situation that we're in right now, there's always some kind of glimmer of hope, even if it's small, that there's a possibility there. And so it's easy to focus on the problems, but I would encourage you to focus on the possibilities that lie ahead mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. man that's that's huge um again we yeah. before, but, uh, I'm sorry for that that's that's tough I mean even if it's you know you, you kind of saw it coming with surgeries and, and whatnot too it's, it doesn't make it any easier for especially for you know to lose a parent
1: and... yeah it's, it's it's probably it's a bit of a shocker but um you know I've been for three and a half years I've been a caretaker back with him you know so it's um it's taught me a lot of lessons and I, you know, and that's also another entrepreneurial lesson is that there's lessons in everything. Everywhere mm-hmm. you look, there's, there's lessons to be had. So this coronavirus thing right now, there's lessons to be had, you mm-hmm. know. Maybe you were used to doing business a certain kind of way and you had to be, now, now you can't do it. So that's teaching us that maybe we, we can still keep our vision but maybe we need to be a little more flexible with the way that we get to that vision.
2: Yeah, that's a great mindset, and I think a lot of people coming out of this are going to have to uh, adjust and uh, transition to that. And I think ultimately, you're right. I think ultimately, for the it'll be for the better in the long run.
1: Yeah, I'm always a believer in humanity. You know, I I think humans have been dealing with tragedy since we've been here. You know, you know, we go. I I love history, and so every period in time, there's always been something that challenges us. But I always like to say that if we weren't strong enough, we wouldn't be here right now. So there's something in our genes that allowed us to be here, that survived those hard times that we came from. So -hmm. you're already inherently strong enough because you are here right now.
2: Mm Mm-hmm, that's That's cool. Yeah, cool. Let me uh, transition here to a little bit to health-related apps. Now, there seems to be obviously a rise in health-related apps from the bespoke and the expensive, like the Peloton crowd, down to free apps like Insight Timer and some other fitness ones uh, for meditation. Um, Are you excited about this trend and where do you see it all going?
1: Yeah, I'm always excited for people to take care of their health. I think it's, I think it's our most valuable currency. I think it's a, it's a gift and a treasure. I think we have so much information and opportunities available to us now that people before us didn't have. And so um, I, 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 think it's, I think it's great. So I don't care what people use. I just want them to take care of themselves a little better and, and be, be a little more kinder to themselves. So I think that's good. Now, things that I see I think, I think apps are going to become even bigger. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. um, because the more and more and more we live in society now, the more technologically dependent we become on our smartphones. You know, this can be good or bad. You know, um, it all depends on how you look at it. So, I, I think apps are, are a big thing. I think, I think there's opportunity. I'm not going to do it, um, <laughs> but I think if there's a way that it seems like a lot of the apps have forgotten about like a premium audience, mm-hmm. like a, like a more high end audience. I think if you could find some kind of like like subscription service or something like that monthly that caters to your nutrition, your sleep, your whole holistic health lifestyle, mm-hmm. I think there's I think there's opportunity there. Um, I think you know doctors are now doing telemedicine, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last two months, I've been in quarantine yeah. for nearly three months now because of like my my dad and my mom, but mm. and before then, we were already doing telemedicine. So I think those kind of things are going to just catapult and rise. So I think there's a huge opportunity for for that. Um, probably on my end, kind of the things I deal with, so I talk a lot about epigenetics and true like very detailed uh, work. so I think we're starting to, I think I see that coming in like the next five or so years becoming mainstream, where you hear a lot more about personalizing medicine, personalized wellness, where it's truly in a void.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point too, because now, you know, obviously, you know, Corona will will fade, lockdowns will, you know, go away type of thing. But I think there's that message that's being said, okay, well, now here's a more captive audience so that maybe people are out there thinking maybe their wheels are turning maybe they're thinking of ideas now that there's more of a, of a need for it type of thing too whereas maybe they might not have otherwise before uh, uh, as well so there's there's also that that point uh, slight uh, transition uh, I saw that you you know played a lot of sports growing up uh, me personally my uh, I, I played a lot of sports growing up in my my basketball game has gotten a lot better since uh, high school, uh, but when I played growing up, I wasn't very disciplined. So, in retrospect, I think this lack of non academic discipline had an effect after college. Kind of the proverbial, where do I go from here if I didn't have anything to really apply toward, making it kind of harder to launch and sustain even ideas and tasks too if I didn't have that foundation. Do you think? I'm a unique case in this regard, or is it something larger that needs tackling kind of that early foundation of discipline?
1: Um, I think you can, I think you can get discipline as you go along. Yeah. I don't think it's ever too late to develop that. Um, It might become harder, but I I truly think that's a, that's a product of the environment. Mostly Um, speaking on basketball, I, you know, I was, I had natural talent. I I mean, I practiced a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't work out at all. Mm -hmm. Like my pregame meal was a twenty piece nugget at McDonald's and a super size fry. Oh yeah. A sweet tea. I remember those days. So, yeah, that was my pregame meal. And so um, I because I didn't touch a weight or anything till, or eat a salad until I was about twenty. So oh. it's and so I wasn't that disciplined. And the same thing with like school and everything. So I consider myself a late bloomer. What helped me was I started to discover different meet new people, have different mentors see new ways of life, essentially change my paradigm Mm -hmm. and see how, you know, these people are living a life that I want or this entrepreneur is, I really um, respect his business. I I want that. And then you say, how is he doing this? Oh, he, he consistently does, maybe he's a writer. He consistently writes a thousand words every day or early in his sales business, he consistently made 20 calls a day. And you see, oh, okay, you got to do those things. And I think you inherently build discipline when you start to identify and find some sort of emotional attachment with it that gives you a little more motivation with it. So it can definitely, you can definitely get discipline.
0: Nice. That's that's a good thing too. I mean, a lot of people, you know, might not start uh, a business idea too, uh, thinking that they, you know, maybe they can't, or say if they come up with an idea, but it's not like their track record, they might psych themselves out of it. Uh, sometimes too, but like like you're saying like you you reinvented yourself anybody can you know almost at any time, and maybe a seventy year old can't join the n b a but in like in most cases there's almost a, a a never too late would you would you agree
1: absolutely yeah yeah absolutely um i i my parents i come from a blue collar family i'm first generation, and you know i was going down the medical school path, and all of a sudden you know, I come out of left field with this whole new world I want to do. And so I had to build a whole new set of skills. And it's definitely not overnight, but it's not impossible because we live in an age where you can learn anything you want now for pretty much free. It might take a little longer than maybe paying for help or something, but you can still learn everything you want for free right now. So uh, it's, yeah. And I think for the 70-year-old, I always like to say, you know, maybe he's not, he's not going to go play with LeBron but he can still have his version of being an NBA player where he's like an outlier to other 70 year olds. Yeah, You know, he's the 70 year old that other, that everybody else looks up to.
0: Yeah. Or, or maybe like a, a model for, you know, health after 70 or maybe becomes yeah. a, a coach or, or something like that. Like, it, yeah, that's a good Yeah.
1: One. I mean, that's a good business in itself. I mean, the baby boomer generation, you know, thinking of health, you know, if there's a way, you know, this goes back to your app. I'm just thinking of this now. Because I, I think of my mom, man, she struggles with technology. She's almost like scared of it. But you know, think about servicing baby boomers and how that population is, is going to be a huge part of the market. And they have a lot of funds, and they need help with technology and, of course, their health. If you, if, you know, if you can merge that, that's a, that's a, man, that's a super valuable, impactful service and something that will be um, financially rewarding as well.
0: And hopefully, I mean, not, we don't want to, you know, talk about us too much. We'll make sure it's talking about you. But like the the, the goal for us that we've touched on, uh, you know, in our conversation here is like breaking down barriers and letting people, you know, understand that, you know, you can either start that business or reinvent your health, kind of a thing. You know, the yeah. whole was it? What's the added? The I I come from the environmental background, so I'm I'm used to the proverb. The best time to plant a tree was 30 years ago. The second best time is now. Mm-hmm but yeah. you can obviously relate that to health too. You know, you should have been eating better 10 years ago, but now is the second best time kind of a thing.
1: Yeah. Every morning, like I, I have what I call a kind of like an alchemy journal. It has like the identity I'm becoming. It has a lot of um, what I call extreme mentors, different people in throughout history that I admire. And it has different like quotes and stuff that really nice. get to me. And like that. Like, one of the, one of the things is like um, the, the only limitations i have is the ones that i place on myself. Mhm. It, it, it's it's true. You're only limited by the thoughts that you that you think and that you tell yourself.
0: There's that uh that Confucius uh quote that Will Smith has been recycling the he who says he can and he who says he can't are both right. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah, no, i like that one. Uh So we we'd emailed briefly before the lockdowns about uh, a rise plan of reimagining the small business conference for underserved communities and small businesses, kind of the antidote to hype-only events. So while in-person events may be slow to come back, do you think attitudes will change regarding what might now, in retrospect, be seen as you know quote-unquote frivolous gatherings? Uh, What do you think? uh, Do you think there's going to be kind of a in-person paradigm shift at all, or, or do you think we'll rebound to you know the pre-COVID normal?
1: Um, I don't know if it will be pre-COVID normal because I think, you know, you can see I'm in Nashville right now and I'm sure in places like Los Angeles that like you see the reduction of traffic and the effects it's having on the environment and the air quality. And I think I looked in some other cities internationally that are, that have heavy pollution as well, and now they have reduced traffic from from uh, reduce, um driving and everything. So I think that's one thing that's gonna maybe not get go back to the old way. And I think a lot of companies are finding out that maybe we don't need everyone at the office to do their job mm-hmm. for the company to run. So I think there's been a lot of people who have been very rigid on the way they do business. And they had to adapt now and try it out. And they're seeing that, oh, okay, maybe it's not so bad. So I think for those two reasons I think it's going to and and probably it's cost more cost effective as well. Mm-hmm. I think I think you're going to have more of a um, virtual workforce. But there's still going to be a lot of in-person events. There's still yeah. going to because nothing beats just in person face to face. Nothing nothing beats that. You know, it's good to see each other on Skype or Zoom or whatever. It's good to have a phone call, but like you build rapport, and, and you just learn more about each other, and it's such a more rapid rate when you're face to face because you have all these different nuances that don't translate virtually. Yep. So, Great So, I, you know, and I, I yeah. So I, I miss in-person events. Like I miss going to work on my salsa dancing. You know, I, I mm-hmm. miss that. You know, humans, since the beginning of time, have been social creatures. It's it's wired into into our survival and existence. So. It's, it's um, I think for all the in-person people out there, um, it's nervous times, but I wouldn't fear. I think maybe instead of being maybe 80, maybe being 95, 95% in-person, 5% virtual, I think maybe the ratio has shifted some. Maybe it's going to be 75-25. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think there's a lot of us, myself included, who are, you know, at home, also
1: homeschooling
0: with, with kids and stuff like that. Like, we're looking forward to getting back out. But yeah. there's other people like our, our third guest, uh, Fatima Dicko, the founder of Jetpack, who's like, you know, she's kind of like booming now, like talking to more people more. And you yeah. know, whereas otherwise, like if you're kind of a solo founder or you're, you're single or you don't have kids, you know, you might get caught up in kind of the rat race or, or, you know, traffic kind of a thing. And now you have more time. You might actually have more, uh, you know, experiences remotely too. So it's going to be weird. Like a lot of of people who are just like itching to get back out. But then, like you said, others who are are kind of seeing, oh, there's a new way to do business and uh, save costs and et cetera too. So, yeah, Yeah. I I think we, we talked about before, like we're definitely, you mentioned this, you know, super social creatures and I, I, you can't, totally get rid of that. And I don't, I wouldn't want us to, but, um, I I see it definitely changing. Sorry. What were you saying?
1: Yeah. I was saying also, you know, you look from a health standpoint. Um, I I think loneliness is probably one of the most underrepresented topics that has a huge effect on your, on your overall health. And so, you know, I think that's really bugging a lot of people right now.
0: Unfortunately, yeah. And that's, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen any data on it yet, but it seems very underreported, uh, mm-hmm. lately as far as in you know, the rise in suicides and, and depression, uh, yeah. and even, even unfortunately, uh, domestic abuse people who are, you know, stuck with a, 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 a partner they might not have gotten uh, along with. And now you have all these extra added stressors, uh, the, the ripple effect is, uh, yeah, not, not too good. So uh, yeah,
1: those are the those are the second, third and fourth order effects that we often don't look at when, when we're thinking about making decisions. And I think that's a meta. You know, we can look at that with our business, with our life, with our health, oh, yeah. that a lot of times when it comes down to make a decision, we're thinking right this moment. But we're not thinking about the second, the third and fourth order consequences.
0: No, that's a really good point. Uh... Hopefully a lighter uh, topic. I was uh, on your website, uh, theartoffitnessandlife.com, and I saw something there. What can you tell us about a chance encounter while drinking a caprinha, a Brazilian drink, and how that led you to leave the field of medicine, but also to extrapolate, how can people out there find or create wake-up encounters like that? Or was that totally chance?
1: It's totally chance, but you also had to be open. You also have to be open to having new ideas change your entire paradigm. So I still remember that. I'm in the Lower East Side at a place called the Yucca Bar. Um, and it's around early afternoon-ish. Um, and the lady, very beautiful girl. I should have got her number, but I was just like, my ideas went so far that I just lost Ooh. train of thought. Uh-huh. And and. You know, she's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm a medical student. I'm just hanging out. I just want to drink. I like this place. And she's like, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be studying? I was like, well, yeah. Um, but we have lectures on iTunes, and I can 2X everything. So therefore, I can go out and enjoy the city more and not waste my time in class. She's like, oh, you're one of those people. I was like, yeah. and, <laughs> and then um, So I asked her what she's doing, and she's mentioning all these passions she has in life. And she's just traveling. And I'm like, oh that sounds pretty cool. I didn't know you could do that. She's like, well, what do you mean? Like, you can you do what you want. You know, and I, the thing that, that stuck out to me was that there's like a script that a lot of us follow, whether we know it or not. And for me, school is very easy and I love health. So I thought, you know, a doctor being a, I want to be an ophthalmologist, that would be cool. And so, but I, I didn't really love it more so than, I think it would, it would be good. And It'll be good, but would it be great? And I think that's the difference. A lot of times we settle. So, not yeah. all, so So that idea just, I allowed myself to, that put the seed in my head, that maybe there's more to this thing called work and career in life. And just throughout time, I just let that flourish. And once you had that seed planted in your head, you start to see these things in the world. You start to meet more people. Who are not following a script and so all of a sudden I met more people now I met fitness people who were writing for magazines and were still entrepreneurial they mm-hmm. weren't just, they weren 't just working at a gym personal training mm-hmm. and so they've been there the whole time but I was never looking for them because I didn't know it was possible it's kind of like when you want like a red I don't know Toyota and then all of a sudden you see red toyotas everywhere yep yeah. and so that's kind of what happened so you have to be first open to new ideas. So that means removing a lot of your ego and being okay with being wrong. Being okay admitting that you don't know everything. In fact, you, you know very little. Like, I don't really know that much. You know, every mm-hmm. day, I think the more I read, the more people I meet, the more I realize, wow, there's a lot to learn. So that very first thing requires you to be open to the idea of being willing to be wrong and removing some of the ego. Mm-hmm.
2: I
0: think mean, we talked about that. I think in one of our last episodes that that red Toyota, the was it the RAS, right, the Reticular Activating System. I think we yep. talked about that yep. a lot. Uh, and you, you touched on it too. The, uh, and just made me think of how you know people get in that kind of comfort zone, that that's, that stasis, uh, because we still have fear as something that guides us when it's not helpful as much as it used to be. You know, maybe a million years ago. Like how you know how destructive fear actually is now, uh, and and it, and it leads you to not take those kind of eye-opening you know red Toyota type of uh, chances that can you know unlock so many other doors.
1: Yeah, and two questions that I, I just love you know is asking what if, and then what's next. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I love those questions. You know I just love asking those. And so in that opportunity, you know I ask, what if I, what if I left school. You can always come back yeah. you know yeah. it's always there. The government will always give me loans to pay for tuition. It will always yeah. do that, you know so but what's not going to be there is if I wait 20 years, 30 years, and then want to do it, because then there's going to be more at stake at this time. I was in my mid twenties, you know single and no responsibilities really, so this is the best time, and even for those with families now, I would say it's still a good time to take that chance you just maybe have to be a little more strategic and not just like burn the bridges like cortez like i did yeah
0: Mm -hmm. no circle back to the earlier question before like you might not have had the same discipline you know in your your teens kind of thing as you do now so you were Mm -hmm. able to reinvent yourself but it seems like and let me know if you if you agree i think a, a unifying characteristic of entrepreneurs or people who just have that spirit spirit is some form of curiosity too so maybe it's not discipline but it's like it's it's asking that that one that what if you do what do you think as far as like curiosity being that that driver
1: no you're spot on that's 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 my top tree like yeah. if somebody's like what's your supervisor i say curiosity um that got me into the health thing you know um it didn't make sense that when i looked at my family tree we had a lot of the same issues pop up for generations but mm. and then i looked at other families and they didn't have these issues, but they had a whole other different types of um, issues. Cool. So clearly something was going on. You know, I always believe there's an answer to something for the most yeah. part. So that curiosity, you know, led me to just research and just, and then I eventually found people who could really help me and teach me. So, yeah, curiosity is absolutely essential. I think that that's this that's the impetus to starting anything. Oh, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. That's great. Uh, we kind of touched on this a bit, but the work from home paradigm was already shifting, but after the lockdowns here, what's one thing regarding fitness and health that might get missed in the transition from uh, previously normal work routines to a more dystopian social distancing reality.
1: Well, I will tell you there's one lady I talked to her today. Um, and she was like, I'm struggling with nutrition. And I was like, well, what are you doing differently compared to work? And you know, to cut a long story short, she always packed her lunch and prepared her lunch when she would go to work. She had yeah. her plan for eating throughout the day. And when she's home, she's a little more laxed in her discipline, in her plan. Mm-hmm. So I think a sneaky thing for people being at home is to kind of take the foot off the gas pedal a little bit in terms of mm-hmm. being focused with their plan because you have this kitchen always available now. Whereas when you're working, you know, even if you're like a co-working spot or whatever, um, you, know, you have these constraints already in place. Oh, yeah. and now that you're at home, you don't have any constraints. So I think that's a, that's a pretty... So I think you're going to have to be very mindful of your food environment because all the wines at home, you know, all the mm-hmm. maybe sweets or whatever, all that's at home. So instead of just getting a little bit of it, one glass in the evening, maybe it becomes two or three mm-hmm. because yeah. you get your work and, you know, it's early afternoon and maybe I'll start to drink some wine. And then, you know, so I think it's those little habits that can maybe start to creep up. You lose a little bit of um, your salt air, your, your sword, your sword goes a little dull.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, before you might have had some social pressures where, you know, if you're at the office, sure, they might have had some sweets, but you know, uh, Sally and and Tim might see me getting that extra Snickers type of thing. So maybe I'll just hold off, but now nobody, nobody sees me. And so not only that, but like we might have added stress. So now there's, whereas before people might've benefited from, you know, some order type Mm -hmm. of thing, but now there's chaos. How can we make order out of chaos now? Like if there's nobody over overseeing us, where does, where does that, you know, back to the early parts of of this uh, interview, like where does the discipline come from? If yeah. there isn't, like, if you're just working your job and you're not in a creative field and you can't, like, create your own discipline, like you said, I, you know, how can one create discipline, I guess?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I, it's, I would advise everyone to create a standard of performance with, like, their nutrition or their fitness overall. Uh, standard of performance is a term I first heard from Bill Walsh. And so uh, for the non-sports people out there, <laughs> he's, uh, he was the 49ers coach. The 49ers were terrible in the late 70s. And he took over and he had players tuck their shirts in, players couldn't cuss, coaches had to do things a certain way, drills had to be ran a certain way, QBs had to hold their feet a certain way. So he had all this order in place. And so he focused on the process, not the outcome. And so okay. what that led to is, you know, multiple Super Bowls. So what that looks like in maybe with your nutrition is to create some guidelines for it. So for for me, if it's traveling my standard, um, performance with nutrition is no two bad meals in a row. Bad to me is different compared to maybe somebody else that is up Mm. for That's up to you to decide, but I know what my bad is. So no two bad meals in a row because I don't want to get myself out of the routine. You know, another one is, um, I, at least I like to have seven, at least seven at minimum servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Um, I like to start my. I like to have, I like to start my day with um, 20 to 24 ounces of room temperature water. So it's little things like that, mm-hmm. or you know, if you're following a diet plan, maybe you have carb cycling days. Maybe you have days of carbs. Maybe you have days of no carbs. Um, go ahead and have like, what are what's my go-to meals? Like, what's my five what's my five go-to meals? So I don't have to think a lot because a lot of us. You know, we have families now, we have work, we have this Corona stuff. And then after Corona, there'll be something else. So we always have something that's taking away our mental energy. And Mm -hmm. our our mental energy is pretty much like an iPhone, the battery. You know, hopefully after a good night of sleep, you start the day, you're 100% 100%, and then you have a green battery. But then throughout the day, all these little decisions, all the times checking email, all these little things, it's slowly taking away percentages. From your battery, and then the less, the lower you get down on your battery and your decision energy, the more likely you're going to be to make those poor choices and, and go against the plan, even though you didn't want to. So that's why you can't just rely on willpower. So that's mm-hmm. why, like, one of the first orders is to establish guidelines. So how are you going to eat? You know, let's decide how are you're going to eat, and does that way that you're going to eat, does it make sense? for your specific lifestyle. You know, it doesn't matter what the popular diet is or what this person on TV says, it has to be catered to you and everyone in your environment so that it's seamless. Because you don't want it to become a battle between nutrition and your everyday life.
0: No, well that made me think of, uh, I went off in a couple, Tangents there, maybe think of a couple of things like uh, Mark Zuckerberg always wearing uh, gray shirts, type of thing. So it yeah, frees yeah. up the, the mind. So like yep. if you have a food routine, uh, you know, obviously you know, give yourself some chance for some variability here and there. But then you, you could like free up your mind for more creative pursuits potentially too. Because like you said, you're just you're wasting mental energy. And then from in the beginning when you're talking, it reminded me of uh, what The Rock does. Like seems I think he has kind of like a sunday cheat day type of thing oh
1: yeah I used to do you, those. you can go yeah.
0: like go absolutely nuts i think he has sometimes like the sushi train where he has like gigantic plates of sushi and then cookies and stuff yeah. so like if you if you stay disciplined you have your routine you know you can reward yourself too like you can actually go nuts as long as you're working out and stuff too like if that could be a way to in- incentivize the the routine and the, and the discipline too knowing that you've got that uh goal oh. yeah
1: yeah and generally the week and generally like i i all those parameters and, and guidelines I really they're really there for the work week. You know, on the weekends there's typically not as much stress. So you can be a little lax a little bit with that. So but through the work week when you're going from point A to point B to point C to point D, you know, you wanna have as minimal friction as possible. Yeah. So it's best to keep it simple and, and have those things already identified. Yeah, definitely.
2: That's a good point. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, to wrap this up here, go ahead and let our listeners know where to find you. Anything new coming out you'd like to share, Julian?
1: Yeah. So uh, my home base, w- which will have everything, is the artoffitnessinlife.com. And, and since you're listening to this podcast, you know, you're know you already familiar with podcasts. So go ahead and check out Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs. And so um, that's my podcast where we're combining science and a lot of strategies to help you become limitless.
0: Nice. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, no, this is, uh, you know, info, uh, info pack. There's a lot of, uh, good, uh, you know, truth nuggets to take out of this. So I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you know, obviously we've got you know, busy schedules and lots on, uh, on, on our mind, you in, in particular. So, uh, it, it means a lot that you were jumping on and, and sharing your experience and, and your knowledge with us. So, uh, our listeners got a lot of, uh, stuff to uh take away from this and so i I appreciate you taking the time
1: no thank you i I, you know honor to honor to um jump on here and talk you know i i really value that so um, i really appreciate it thank you
2: perfect thanks julie
1: thank you much